Hey everyone, welcome back to the Corridor Cast. Today at the table, we are joined by Nico Clinton Jones and Daniel D. Kim from the Node Channel. So thanks to him for being here as well. Um, and we wanted to do something a little bit different today. Most of the time, uh, when it's just the guys on the table here, we like to talk about things in the news, world events, things that are going on, and, and sort of just have fun and, and give our take and our input on it. But today, we wanted to do something a little bit more personal. You see, each time before we do one of these episodes, I'll go in and I'll I'll scroll through all the current events that are happening and, and I'll track them sort of throughout the week leading up to when we record. And I was just a little bit overwhelmed by the amount of negative and deconstructive things that are going on in the world right now. And and I wanted to take this podcast and say, instead of talking about that stuff, let's just get away from it for an hour and let's just have some fun and let's just tell some personal stories and get to know each other a little bit better. And so that's exactly what we did here today. And I hope you guys enjoy it. If you'd like to see more like this, definitely let us know. Um, we'll definitely be doing all kinds of different formats here as time goes by. And, uh, yeah, enjoy. I also wanted to let you know that today's sponsor is Storyblocks. Once again, they are our flagship sponsor so far and they've been awesome. So I'll tell you guys more about that and, why they're your one-stop shop for all your stock video needs later in the episode. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Corridor Cast. We're so glad you're here. All right, so for those of you who aren't in the know, which is actually most people because I tend not to get too much of my personal life out on the Internet, um, I'm having a baby next week. Well, I'm not having the baby. My wife is having the baby. Woo! Don't take all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, Usually, it's a decision to have a baby. Sometimes it's an accident, but in this case, it was a decision. And, you know, I was reflecting a little bit upon the things that led me to have the decision to decide to try to have a kid. Um, you know, because, like, I'd come home, and I'd go through my routine. You know, I'd play my drums, play some video games, do my thing, and hang out with friends. And, like, after doing that for a couple of years, I started to kind of... Well, there's two things that kind of happen when you hit your 30s. One is the possibilities and potential of the world starts to crystallize for you in the sense that, you know, when you're 18 years old, you could be anything. You might, you might pull it off. You might be a race car driver. You might be an astronaut. You might be a filmmaker. You know, you never quite know what's going to happen, and anything is possible. Once you hit 30, and I'm 33, what you are going to be is starting to solidify, if, if it hasn't already. I mean, things can still change, but... You're definitely starting to move past some eras in your life and you start seeking a sense of, you know, where does your fulfillment lie? And so I was kind of thinking back to like where I was in high school and like what I thought was important in life. You know, what did I want to do? Um, and, you know, today we're, you know, we're joined by D as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, what's up? What's up <laughs> Sam's out in uh, Minnesota on vacation. Ren is out in Oregon, Oregon. Oregon, Oregon, That's people. You, just, you, can, you can tell if someone's not from Oregon if they call it Oregon. <laughs> yep. Um, and so I kind of wanted to ask you guys. You know, like looking back at your time in high school, what was important to you? Like, what did you see yourself wanting in life to be happy? And now that you are effectively twice the age—not quite twice the age—that um, you were in high school, you're looking back. Look back. Look back at those things that you thought would make you happy, and do you find that that's still true like did your perspective you have on life in high school like hold throughout all these years because a lot of those things are the things that motivate you to even get where you're going like i wanted to get into filmmaking when i was in high school guess what here i am you know yeah. i still like doing it right, right. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I, by and large, I, I'd say only about half of what I thought in high school was true what, in what, that sense. What was important to you in high school? And what I thought, um, well, see, I really, like, I really thought that, and this is interesting because the guy that was recently on Joe Rogan, that Eric Weinstein, Eric Weinstein guy, who's like a mathematician, was talking about this, and he's talking about how there's all these portals in life that introduce us to worlds of the unknown and stuff like that. And I was obsessed with that stuff in high school. Like, like I was portals? all about uh, portals in the sense of like philosophies, um, uh, unique things in mathematics and in logic and in science that, that hint at, you know, the, the, um, the other dimensions of the world and of the universe. Like um, figurative wait, dimensions, wait, right? No, no, like dimensions, figurative, you mean like philosophical, a, mathematical. You mean like opportunities or you mean literal dimensions? Uh, like literal dimensions, things that, things that, inf- things that affect our, obviously there's more than one dimension, right? Like yeah. that's, I think, pretty well accepted. Um, but when those, when inter, like interdimensional portals is the stuff that he kept talking about. And you can see these things in, certain types of logic and in certain types of types of mathematics. And, uh, I was obsessed with finding those things when I was, when I was younger, I was obsessed with like understanding what like the best philosophy was and what the best religion was and like what the best things that told you about God and told you about, uh, truth and told you about the universe were. And that was very good at that time. But as I got older, the more that I learned about those things, the more I real like it's a catch 22 because the more you learn about those things, the more you realize, you know, nothing about those things. And so at the time I thought there's a, there's a hard truth to all this. There's like, there's something at the end of the, of the tunnel that will tell me about truth and, and all of that stuff. And the, the more that I, studied that and thought about it and looked looked for it the more that i realized that that's not true the more that i realized that you need to come to that on your own as an individual and that it, that there is truth i fully believe that but but that there is it it is your truth and that 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 relates to other people but it is relative in that sense like you, you know what that makes me think that that sounds like the origin, the like the origin place of FOMO, <laughs> a fear of missing out. Yeah, just like needing to know like what is the best, right? Uh, yeah. And I think yeah, with the internet, we have a lot more access to, you know, it's like what's the best toothbrush? Well, I can look it up with the That's best true. toothbrush. Google is. it. And back then, yeah, I I did the same thing. You spend a lot of time thinking like yeah to make sure you don't, you know, especially with religion when you're younger. Right. Um, so yeah, I hear you on that for sure. It's very formative, and and I was glad to have done it. And I am more settled now, and sort of like what I believe and like who I am, and and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that's certainly changed. There's maybe, a, and I don't mean this in like a negative sense, but like a sense of arrogance that comes into looking for the best way of do doing something and the best way of like finding that truth because. I think another thing that happens as you get older is you start to realize that it doesn't really matter all that much to the rest of the world what you've discovered. Like it matters you, to yourself. It matters to yourself, yeah. of course. But you know, even then, at a certain point, like to what extent does that even matter to yourself? Like, 
because there's an ending point to where you're going. And if it's not going to carry on past that, does it matter so much if you have a different perspective? You know, but I think in the bigger picture is like it doesn't necessarily help the world explicitly for you to find a better religion for yourself, per se. Um, Yeah, I think the idea is just that you don't want to question your choices when you get older. You don't want to feel like, what if I did this or what if I did that? I think it's more of an idea of just like, it doesn't really affect the world, I agree. But I think just being an old man and not living with a ton of regret or like, oh, questions like, how? what if I live my life this way? I think that's like, I think for for me personally, that's the most important thing is like, that's why I want to try so many different things and, um, you know, try to be a good person, <laughs> like at least that. And um, yeah, that was the motivating force for me too, is that I wanted to make sure I didn't want to have regrets about that stuff when I got older. So I spent a lot of time thinking about it when I was younger. I was glad I did. It helped form me who I am. And I, I don't mean to say like, there's no truth or people can believe whatever they want, because there's there certainly is a reality to, to the universe. Um, and I think it does affect the world in the sense that if you discover who you are as a person yourself, you also can then turn around and more benefit and, and offer more benefit to the world around you. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. That's, I guess I could see that. I feel like just the sense of what's, I mean, the sense of what importance, what is important changes over time. Um, you know, both to yourself and to what's around you and what the world needs around you as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot deeper of an answer than I thought we were going to be giving. It's we're like, just going deep. Right yeah, away, that guys. was like immediately like multidimensional. Yeah, I thought Abercrombie and Fitch was like important. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't. Like, <laughs> turns out Hollister is more important. Yeah. And then you're going straight to multidimensions. Like, uh, that's interesting. That is interesting. So it was a two part, right? It was a two part. Yeah. You said, um, where did you see yourself uh, when you were in high school? Mm-hmm. Like where you are now? Like, does it line up? Or did, reality, you want, did you want to do something else? Did you want to be something else? Like your potential has crystallized by this point to a certain extent. You know, do you feel do you feel locked in like and you don't want to be here? Or the path that you set yourself on, like, are you happy with where you've ended up? And does like, you know, what I thought would make me happy back in high school, here I am now having implemented all those things. I'm speaking figuratively for like all of us here. Like, do you do you feel like that was the case? Like, did you did you pursue what you thought would make you happy back then, and did it work out? You asked me this, or you asked the table? Yeah, I'm asking you. Uh, yeah, I did. I wanted to. Well, dude, for the longest time, I wanted to be in the Marines, and I signed up for the Marines. And um, right at the last minute, I bailed because I knew that I wanted to like be a creative. And I mean, I was, I was since I was three, I was drawing stuff and creating stuff and coloring and all that good stuff. Why'd you yeah. bail? Because I, I wanted to pursue film. I wanted to pursue... I wanted to make a movie. I wanted to make shorts. I wanted to do VFX. Like, I wanted to be a, be more creative than, like... Let me ask you a question, because I'm asking you, because I asked myself the same question, because it's a very similar situation. Did you bail because you thought... You realized that you were joining the military for the wrong reason? Because that's why I bailed? Um, yeah, there was, a, there, there was some thought on that. Because, like, it, it wasn't the thing where it was, like, join the military because I have no other choice. Like... Because I was like, I mm-hmm. eh, might as well. I'm bored. Like it wasn't one of those situations. No, there's, there's, there, well, yeah. There's other reasons why. Because I, I'm but, curious what your reason was too. And Clint stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know, dude. Like I grew up around friends whose dads were in the Marines, and like 
we dressed up in camo and ran around the neighborhood and hid from yeah, cars. Yeah, appealing when you're young. <laughs> I walked around the uh, the neighborhood with a log strapped around my back and pretended it was a bazooka. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. Dude, yeah, like all that stuff, man. Like we built, one of my on one of my birthdays, we built like a camo tent. We woke up at six in the morning, me and my friend Nick, and we built this like camo tent outside and it was like as the sun was coming up and we just like, we're like, I've literally built binoculars out of two toilet paper rolls. <laughs> it was like looking at cars, like passing by and just like on, on watch in my neighborhood. And I was like, yeah, it's fun to be a soldier when you can go back in your bed at night and play, yeah, do play whatever Mega you want Man the next day. The, yeah. Yeah. Play your PlayStation. Um, Clint killed his first man when he was seven. Yeah, wow. absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I was like, well, no, like I, I'm having so much fun making shorts. Um, and being creative, you know, but I still have that urge to like want to serve, you know, like I want to mm. do something like I always go back to like, what am I even doing making videos? Like, how is this helping the greater cause of everything? And like, we're like, oh, people are sad. You can make them happy with your videos. Yeah, I guess. But like, I also wanted to be a fireman, too. Like, yeah. I really want to like, I don't know, like. I love a challenge. Like that's that's what I love is a challenge. That's the creator's challenge for sure. Yeah, it's interesting what you what you said, D, about um, the people playing soldier. I feel like there's a lot of that going around, man. Oh yeah, like I mean, a lot of people waking up going, "Hey, the world should be like this," and then just getting getting feisty about it. But then as soon as they get hungry or they get tired or whatever or their wi-fi doesn't work yeah you know? they go back to whatever the heck it is they were doing before mm-hmm. and uh that's kind of i was i was kind of like that I, that's what, when i was you know discovering who i was back in the day like i was kind of like the world should be like this and we should all do this and you know i had all these philosophies on how that should be but i was exactly that i i got to go back every day and sleep in a bed and go to this really nice get this really nice education and mm-hmm. and do all this stuff that uh you know was There's ultimately no yeah it was ultimately a privilege of the world that i wanted to that i thought could be better you know mm-hmm. yeah i mean generally the best things in the world come with the most risk generally yeah um, like falling in love you know serving in the military having those like great experiences but at the same time you risk your life it's like a it's like a really good video game. Like the best video games are the ones that require commitment and time you put into it. And the more time and commitment you put into it, the more you get out of it. At least that's how I feel, as opposed to just like oh, I'm gonna jump in this arcade shooter and kill a couple people and die. Well, well, I'm gonna forget about that round in three seconds. You're taking a dig at Smash Brothers? Uh, no, no, I'm taking a dig at just first shooters in general. Yeah, compared to like battle royale <clears throat> games or like Daisy stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just in terms of like more commit you put into it obviously the more invested you're going to be in that experience so uh yeah you said um, you said you're uh potentially going to join the military what branch were you looking at and then why'd you end up backing out well well i wait so we like are you were you done with your story i don't want to start my until you're done because you, you just talked about how like you wanted to be a soldier and then you didn't and then you talked about your like binoculars and stuff. Uh, so like, did it Great line summary. up? Like, what did you? You said you want to do that. You left for uh, right at the very end before you were supposed to join. Like now that you're your age now, and you look back mm-hmm. when you were a kid, um, I'm sure you're pretty similar to me when I was a kid. We're like same. Per- we're like yeah, same we're like same person. Except I'm, I'm Korean. We know this. Yeah, not. yeah. Um, 
do you think you like would you are you happy with how things are 100 percent things you 100 yeah 100 yeah, like yeah. i i am very very happy um creating awesome stuff mm-hmm. with awesome people um and learning so much and having the ability to learn so much and like you know um yeah yeah, yeah but i mean i'm still learning like like that is my thing i always want to learn yeah. always 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 want to learn and be challenged like forever same because there's always that idea that you know you you took one path in your life which is funny that you mentioned the whole multi-dimensional thing because I uh, I always wonder, you know, if I had taken a different path in my life, what I could have been and what could have, what I could have done. And to answer your question, you go, um, when I was really young, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Dude, very, me, very dude. Young. me too. Yeah, I know. Legit, like 100%. <laughs> same person. I want to be a fighter pilot more than anything when I was a little kid. Oh my God. And then uh, I realized as I got older, I like looked into how difficult it is to be a fighter pilot uh, and also just not only how difficult the training is, like how selective it is, and also just... They're not, I wanted to be a pilot pilot for the wrong reason. It's because I wanted to be a badass. I want to be looked up to, and I wanted to pilot this awesome jet and get into dogfights. That doesn't happen. Wait, what's wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. That's not a realistic thing a fighter pilot does. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm glamorizing it, and it's not really that. So then I moved on, and um, I eventually, I wanted to be an FBI agent because my cousin was applying for FBI when I was younger. And uh, I like would watch him do his training and stuff, and he would teach me, and he would take me shooting and all that stuff like that. Um, so I really looked up to my cousin a lot. He was like my hero when I was a young kid. Um, he's the reason I grew my hair out longer. It's because hmm. he had longer hair. Your hair um, was super long, wasn't it? Um, well, he had hair that was like down to his chin. This was like '90s, so it was like really in style then. Sure. <laughs> uh, but you know, I looked up to him a lot, and um, I looked into what it takes to be FBI, and. Uh, that led to me realizing that if you want to be FBI, the most realistic is you're a cop and then you possibly make detective or you have ex-military background. Those are the main routes you have to take to become FBI. And then I was like, okay, well, if I want to do that, my best route is to become military. So then I wanted to be Ranger. I really wanted to be a special forces. So I would apply for Marines and then go from Marine to Ranger, and that was my goal when I was a kid. So I'd train and, like, read up on, like, the Ranger handbook and how to, like, use guns and all that, and I would do all this sort of training when I was really young, like, uh, middle school-ish around then. And then eventually I realized, like, to be a Ranger, because I had friends who were ex-military and, like, my friends' older brothers and, like, parents were, you learn that that kind of job, the kind of commitment it takes to be Special Forces, while it is, like, glamorous as you're a kid it's like a career job it's a life career job like you can't be uh special forces and then like dabble and can't be half special forces you can't be a half special boy (laughs) you have to be full special forces and i was like do i want to commit my entire life do like four years of service to not even possibly make special forces possibly die along the way and would that would i be happy with that and i ended up not doing it um because I just felt like I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I felt like it wasn't because I really, really wanted to serve. It was more I was doing it as a route to get me to where I wanted to be, which is like either like a detective or FBI agent or something like that. Um, hmm. So, you know, that was my original goal, which is why I was like so obsessed with, you know, police and guns and stuff. Also, like when I was a very young kid, the first person who ever taught me to shoot a gun in elementary school was uh, uh, a guy who went to my church 
at the time, and he was a sheriff. And I really looked up to him because he was like a really cool guy. I was in Georgia, and uh, he taught me how to shoot. He taught me how to clean a Glock, and he's the first person to let me hold an M16. Um, and I had a lot of respect for him. So I really wanted to be a cop slash detective when I grew up. Didn't really happen. Um, but back to your multidimensional thing, I always thought, what if I did pursue that? What if I did pursue being a cop and then I eventually made detective and I worked homicide and I ended up catching some serial killer or some pedophile or something. And due to that, these other people didn't get hurt or killed. And I think mm. about that a lot. And I'm like, and you know, I'm sitting here making internet videos and playing video games, which is fun and all, but I feel like I could possibly have had a much bigger impact or at least more meaningful in different ways. And I wonder about that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, before I went off to college, my grandma uh, pulled me aside and she was like, you know, so you have an education and, you know, you're fairly bright. Why aren't you becoming like a doctor? And she didn't mean that in like the generic, like, why aren't you a doctor? But like, you know, like, why didn't you do that? You why? Like the Asian way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It is true. She's like, what are you, and like, I was like, uh, she's like, so what are you going to do to help the world? And I was like, uh, oh man, being put on the spot by my grandma right now. Um, I was like, well, I mean, and I, I've been, I've already been doing movies for like four years by this point, not movies, but you know, videos or whatever. Um, and so I was pretty clearly set on that path and she knew it. And like, so she really challenged me all of a sudden right then and there to be like, why are you making videos? Like, what are you going to do? Like, she's like, you can make videos, but what are you going to do to make up for the fact that you're not going out there and being a doctor or any other, you know, engineer or any other person that's going to bring to society. Like, what are you going to bring to society doing what you're doing? And think about that. So that stuck with me. I think that's part of why we've done so many tutorials on our channel. Mm-hmm. You know? You want to help other people. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm sure uh, I know you and you, and, like, most people probably listening to this, like, you learn so much by just watching internet tutorials that you would never have learned. And my entire internet career is based off of mostly tutorials mm-hmm. you know like i didn't even finish my college dude me neither yeah <laughs> i mean yeah obviously we're, we're the same. not that yeah. you wouldn't finish it's just we're the same person. i also live in georgia too <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, yeah yeah i i always knew that i wanted to do something artistic i didn't quite know what that was same. Um, but i picked up a guitar the first time when i was about 11 10 or 11 years old and i just fell in love with it and i played guitar every day for years for years and years and years um i did bands in college and high school and we were in a band mm-hmm. um yeah, there's uh, so i i was always into that and i always knew like that was my i always enjoyed that i always wanted to do it i always wanted to, and then kind of through that you know you introduce you and sam basically introduced me to the video world and i and i thought wow this is fun too so I guess I always, that was the one thing to go back to the original question, like what's changed and what's the same. That's been the same. Mm-hmm. I've always knew, I've always known that. And I didn't know if it was going to be a hobby of mine or an actual career of mine, but I always knew like I wouldn't have really been happy if I hadn't have done anything artistic. Um, and then, you know, having the, obviously the opportunity to have that as a career mm-hmm. is like super rewarding mm-hmm. um i think so i've never asked myself the question of like what uh n- n- like not in this particular you know job like what we're doing for the world because i feel like it's it's there and it's 
and and it's and it's it is kind of a cheesy answer to say like well you people watch your stuff or they listen to it or they whatever and they you know gives them something each day um but that is there's more i think to be said for that than than i think we're really taking because think about when you're um think about when you were in high school and how you were into certain bands or certain for me, it was bands because I was into music, and it was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna define my personality by listening to this man, this man, this man, <laughs> okay, and anyone who listens to this man, this man, and this man, not friends with them, you know, <laughs> and like that was that it was so culturally important to define myself through those things mm. that I made it part of who I was, and obviously as I got older, I realized how ridiculous that is and how like you can appreciate all kinds of different forms of art. Um, but yeah, that was, and, and in a way, um, I hope that some of the stuff we make at least like gives people a little bit of that. Seems I, to. I do it for a much more selfish reason. What's that? Well, like I was saying, like I used to want to be a detective and a soldier and a fighter pilot. I realized at a young age, I was like, you know what? I want to do so many different things and there's no way for me to actually do any of those things. And also do another thing. So I was like, mm. you know what? Being an actor or making movies, you can do all of those things. But you can still sleep in your bed at night. And it was a way of me to be able to like tap into these things that I'm passionate about. I really like and be able to do them, but also be able to do other things at the same time. It's the ultimate Dude, hack. That's, yeah. the ultimate that's really hack. true. That's what my dad told me. He was <laughs> like, you don't have to join the military. You can, you can, Dude, you're running around blowing up stuff mm-hmm. in the field next door like that explosion went over the treetops yeah like <laughs> you just do that <laughs> yeah well that's also he's probably trying to look out for your safety yeah too, of course. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean it's it's a way of that's why i think being an actor is like one of the best jobs ever and it's also you know obviously it's one of the hardest because they have to be super talented but to be able to live all these different lives it's like being a multi-dimensional being and getting paid for it <laughs> which is cool that's very true speaking of acting by the way guys if you are at all interested in working with actors you should consider today's sponsor and now it's time for me to tell you about today's beautiful wonderful sponsor Storyblocks now if you haven't been listening to the other episodes Storyblocks is your one stop shop for all your stock video needs it's a members only site that once you have membership gives you access to 4k studio quality stock footage it gives you b-roll it gives you motion graphics it gives you after effects templates they've got a whole bundle of different things if you're a filmmaker or video editor and you're looking for the little snippets here and there to tie together your scenes and to tie together your piece consider storyblocks it's a lot cheaper and easier than trying to buy stock footage as one-offs as you come across problems in your edits Um, it's a lot more efficient this way and of course while you are a member you can download as much as you want Uh, it's all royalty free so you don't have to worry about how you're using it or when you're using it or where you're using it and of course everything you use while you are a member uh, remains in, a, in place and effective after or if you decide to cancel your membership. So they're one of the best in the business, guys. Definitely consider them. Go to storybox.com slash cast to get started. And um, like I said in the last episode, you won't be disappointed if you do. So again, that's storybox.com slash cast. Check them out. Now, back to the episode. And now that you know that... Go ahead and get some of that stock footage for yourself and 
put it in front of or behind your next actor. <laughs> Just stock footage of another actor. All right, Misa, what you, <laughs> another actors behind you actors. haven't answered the question yet of what's changed and what's the same. So um, let's hear it. What's changed and what's the same? What? I was actually going to like pose a discussion question of like what is something that did, did stick with you from mm. high school and go forward. But all right, so let's what's changed and what's this. the same? Yeah. Mm. So there's a bit of a gamble that I took. Uh, on my life when I was in, I don't mean like a revolver, like with only one bullet in the kind of gamble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, more in the sense that like, so I started doing video work and like visual effects when I was 14 years old or so, maybe like okay. slightly before that. Um, and there's a sense of like, okay, this is super cool. If I stick with it now, by the time I hit college, I'll have, five years under my belt already everybody else will be just starting now five years and it's worth mentioning that like so in seventh uh seventh grade eighth grade um no ninth grade it's 1999 to 2000 matrix time dude so yeah, it was like eighth time. and ninth grade yeah ninth grade is when the first digital video cameras came out the first iMovie came out first final cut pro came out the first imax came out before that like i was literally doing a video course where it's vhs to vhs editing mm -hmm. where you queue up the one vhs and you put it onto the other one and then the very first digital video like programs became accessible to the person who did, wasn't, wasn't in hollywood uh you know the very first nles they called them non linear editors uh were coming came out when i was in eighth grade um media 100 was the first one nles yeah um and so to me, to me, like I, I was actually really into special effects and pyrotechnics. I loved fire. I still love fire. Um, I think it's very beautiful. And I, I miss the practical pyrotechnics that you had back in the day. Like the people that were doing backdraft, like what they did with fire in that movie is like, nobody else does that these days. It's a lost art. There's still some good pyrotechnics out there, but anyways, I digress. Um, <laughs> so I, there's this kind of like mental commitment where it's like, I really like this. And if I commit to it and I stick with it, like I'm going to have a leg up when I hit college. And if I stick with it, then I'm going to have a real leg up with it when I'm coming out of college. And if I still stick with it, then, then I'm going to be able to crush it when I hit the job market. So it was kind of like at the expense of other things, I went home and I worked on videos. I did visual effects. I did tutorials. And I was very, very active in it. And that's actually around the same time that Sam and I started hanging out. And he kind of did the same thing. And so I was really lucky that I had another guy that committed to it like I did. So, you know, going once again, when we hit college, boom, he and I were at the top of our game. There was no one else doing visual effects like we were doing. And there's no one else that even really knew how to process digital video to the extent that we were processing it to make it look better than it was. Because these were, you know, by today's standards, really junky cameras. Um, and then coming out of college, we we got a production gig doing directing a movie. You know, it was only like a $40,000 budget, but we got that because we knew how to make this work. And there was no one else like us coming out of college at that time that could do that kind of stuff. Um, so this gambit paid off in that, you know, it got me from being in rural Minnesota, because for all intents and purposes, Stillwater is kind of rural still, out to Los Angeles. And I was able to make that jump from being some guy in the Midwest to being here in the city, like making movies and meeting people in Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. And it required that, you know, kind of jumping in with both feet when I was 14 years old. Um, but from then to now, what I've kind of realized is that, like, just like you with glamorizing your jet fighters, like glamorizing film directors, 
it's not what I thought it was when I was 14 years old, mm-hmm. you know. But something odd happened in that process is that because I was just doing it anyways, I kind of ended up making what I wanted it to be in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like that glamorized vision I had of directing films, I wasn't getting that from, you know, quote unquote Hollywood, but I was getting it just doing it myself and doing it the way I wanted to do it. Um, and so, you know, here I am now. And like the question I'm asking myself now is like, do I want to make movies? Like here I am having run a YouTube channel now for like nine years. I haven't really made any movies. I mean, Sync, Rush, like those are almost movies, but not really movies, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but what, we've, what we're doing now is like in a way, I think so much more fulfilling. Um, a film would be really cool, but the film would have to be made like a movie, like a movie would be made in like the you know mid nineties, which is to say like a lot of creative freedom, a lot of trust, some really cool experiments and really cool people around you. And just when I see movies these days, the business has become so confined and so strict that that idea of enjoying your art is gone. Like it's completely gone. Unless you're shooting something really small budget where the money doesn't matter that much, like that no one's going to let you have fun on a set that's a $200 million set. Like every single second of the day is budgeted and accounted for. And you are just there to be the lead foreman on a construction job building Mm -hmm. that movie. And that's like the opposite of what I want to do. Um, so yeah, you know, like to answer your question, like I'm really happy making the art I'm making now. I'm, I'm actually, I'm even more happy that my life is not the same thing every day. And to me, it's almost the most important thing. I get to have experiences. The same thing like you were saying, D like we're not actors per se, Mm -hmm. but we're getting all the benefits without the the BS. We get to do what we want to do and yeah. And do it on our own accord and we get to decide what it, that is yeah which is great yeah i think yeah i think and that's the american dream <laughs> the, it, it really is, it um, is. yeah I, I think that we probably will end up making i don't know if they'll be called movies or what if they'll be distributed like movies i think we'll probably end up doing some long-form narrative stuff more into the future mm-hmm. but it's gonna be like you said it's gonna be an artistic endeavor and not a construction project. Right. Um, and I'm having so much fun, like doing what we're doing right now that I, I'm not even worried about it. You know, I'm just like, what, what's the next cool little thing that we can make here? What's the next, like, how can we blow people's minds on, on another video? How can we turn this thing? That's really, what is really like the stuff that you guys have been doing with effects lately. It's just, it's really this high concept art form but the fun of it is turning it around and making it this kind of ridiculous form of entertainment at the same time mm-hmm. um and like that no one's doing that well we're in that weird position you know? where like we were talking about this earlier today we're like we ended up on YouTube because we were aiming for movies and missed. <laughs> there's not really anyone else in YouTube that did that. Like, I mean, there's a couple, but most of those channels are gone by this point. But like, yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone at this table, were, we were all aiming for movies, and mm-hmm. then we missed and we landed on YouTube. Yep. But what's le- what it's led to now is that we have this skill set of that's very informed by Hollywood and Hollywood movies and you know traditional film. 
and we're the ones who have brought that skill set over to YouTube. And now we're getting to show people, like, understanding how YouTube works and being able to present a story on YouTube and being able to be a personality in front of the camera and being able to express it verbally to everybody. We're able to do all that with the YouTube sensibilities and the YouTube skill set, but we're also then able to bring all this knowledge and experience from this other world over. And I, I can't really point to, like, big Hollywood movies that I did effects on. Um, I did effects on Brittany Murphy's last movie before she died. Um <laughs> but you know that, that yeah. was it that was like my last gig and that was like 10 years ago right yeah. yeah it's like what you're saying where you don't really you don't really know where you're gonna land but early on you knew you're like if i do this and i really work hard at it i'm gonna excel mm-hmm. at the next thing and you know as filmmakers making films is a lot more challenging than making youtube videos so we trained ourselves to to make films mm-hmm. so that when we came to YouTube, we're like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> and like, oh, wait, that's that's it? So like we were so far ahead of the game in terms of like knowing what looks good, what sounds good, how to tell a story, what are, what are good characters, like what's important for a good video. And that's what clearly, you know, led us to being successful like in a big way, being like, okay, like having that experience and having those skill sets that most people didn't have, like most people on YouTube were like, Here's a web camera. I'm going to talk into it. And like, that was it. So that's kind of, uh, I think, really important. Um, and actually kind of segues me into a question I had for you guys. Uh, if you, when you guys are young, and let's say if you could go back into high school and meet your high school self, what would you tell that person that isn't financial advice? <laughs> so to, no stock like yeah numbers no stock Tell numbers no not what Google, to invest bro. in uh but what would you tell that person and at the same time what do you think that person would say or how do you think that person would feel if they could look into the fo- into the future let's say you're like 15 and they look at you now do you do you think you would ever have seen yourself doing what you're doing and yeah how does that make you feel i think it was a lot clinton you want to go first hmm you can answer the second question first, that easier question. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, like, well, I, what would I tell myself, and then what would myself say? Yeah, yeah, like, what do you what do you think yourself would be like? Like, imagine if your your fifteen year old self come into the future and see you now. Like, what do you think he would say to you, and then vice versa? Oh, man, he'd probably look at the one wheel and be like, "Sweet dude." Um, <laughs> probably, yeah. like it's that one glimpse of, glimpse of time when you're on fire. He's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from fire forever. Yeah. Jeez, man, I don't know. Um, like, I am basically the same person I was when I was in high school, mm-hmm. just a little smarter and um, with read a few more books, I guess, and. Uh, you know, I followed the exact path that I wanted to do when I was in high school, which was create really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I still really want to do a movie. That's for sure. Definitely want to do a movie. Because um, going back to being challenged, I want to be challenged constantly. And you, like you said, movie's mm-hmm. a big challenge. That's something that I would have a lot of fun doing. But, man. Um, yeah, what would you say to yourself as a kid? Man. Uh, if there is something. There might not be anything. You might be just be like... Just keep doing what you're doing, kid. You'll make it eventually. Um, man, dude, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's not an easy question. It's not, dude. It's not. Um, maybe, maybe research, research taxes a little bit. 
<laughs> no financial questions. Just a tiny yeah, bit of no, research. No taxes. financial. No, but that's, that's <laughs> not like this is this isn't like that's so he can be rich. It's so that he understands be, that taxes are a thing. Dude, I I like taxes have brought me so much pain and anguish, man. Like that's I didn't a, know that's a good thing. I don't yeah. know how to do them, and I was ten ninety nine getting like i remember that production like budgets for shorts for games and yeah. i'm like oh yeah you made all this money what it's like no 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 i didn't make that money yeah that was just what that, that was, was the budget, budget for the budget and like i didn't know that you had to write stuff off i didn't know what you could write off i didn't yeah, know any of that stuff and that. i've been like dude i'm i was on the phone with the tax guy today dealing with crap <laughs> still <dude>. today <laughs> yeah wow. still today this very day man and it's just like the, the IRS hits me up like, yo, you owe more money because you under whatever, you know. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, I've, I've never gotten money back. Good. That's a good tip for all the young listeners. Too. Dude, like taxes. Looking at taxes. And I probably would have, like when I came out here, I, 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 I did martial arts for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I came out here and I started, I picked up um, free running. Mm-hmm. And then I like snapped my ankle. I remember that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you'd be like, hey, learn taxes, don't learn free running. <laughs> like, free running is cool yeah. and all, and then I, I realized that doing a backflip is not worth it. Like, oh, totally not. Like, get into yoga and keep doing martial arts. Like, that's those are probably mm-hmm. what I would have told myself. Um, mm. But yeah, the, as far as the creative... Those are good. Don't do backflips. Yeah. It's <laughs> just not needed, man. It's not worth it. Definitely oh, not. oh, oh my God, dude. Another thing that I would have told myself... Another <laughs> <laughs> thing I told myself I love video games and I love a challenging video game like you were talking about mm-hmm. the more effort you put in the video game the harder it is the better it gets Mario Kart I would have learned how to play that game with input with input lag so I would have been able to oh yes sweep the competition when I was already sweeping tell the competition oh, tell the story from the beginning <laughs> It'll be, I'll be brief I'll be brief okay so um Disney XD. Disney was putting on a, a sweet happening Mario Kart tournament at the YouTube space. Uh, I filled Jimmy Wong's shoes. He was like, Clint, take my place. I'm, I'm, I'm Jimmy Wong. What do we call Jimmy? He was like, he's so rich. He's traveling. He's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. What's what he <laughs> called? Um, dang. Rich Brian. No. Uh, well, I'll think of it. I'll yeah, it was like, it. Well, like, yeah, Jim, like of story. course, of course, Jimmy's off, like, doing something, like, super fancy yeah, and Mr. crazy. Oh, yeah, Mr. Two Cars, Two Cars and One Jet Ski. Because <laughs> 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 yeah. he wants one right. jet ski, Jimmy yeah. Wong. Yeah, he doesn't have a wish list. He only has a shopping yeah, cart. Yeah, <laughs> No wish list, only straight to shopping cart, Jimmy Wong, bro. Um, <laughs> dude, that was so funny. He gets so mad sometimes when he says oh, that. Oh, dude, that was so funny. So funny, dude. So, yeah, Jimmy's off doing Two Cars and a Jet Ski, and, like, he's like, Clint... Fill my shoes at this Mario Kart tournament. You're the only one, like, dude. You have to take it because me and Jimmy would go neck mm-hmm. to neck, yeah. on Mario Kart, dude, for years. And um, so yeah, I went to the YouTube space, put on this whole thing, and was, Jimmy was like, "Dude, there's twenty thousand dollar, twenty thousand, twenty thousand dollar grand prize for the first place." And I was like, "Jimmy, I got it. I'm gonna win. Like, I got it, hundred percent, dude. I will not let you down." And so I go there, just like, throw anything at me, dude. We're playing, we're playing with Wemos. Not a problem. <laughs> like, easy, dude. Easy. I'll adapt. 200cc. I trained for that. Knocked it out. Friggin' three stars. Everything. <laughs> uh, prelims. Crushed it. Uh, which, or, which console? Wii? It was the Wii. Yeah, it was the Wii. The Wii U. And uh, and then it gets to the point where, like, we're in the green room and they're... Oh, no, sorry. I'm skipping, I'm skipping ahead. Right, so 
Preliminaries. Crush the preliminaries. Uh-huh. And then next up is how, how bad did you crush the preliminaries? Oh, dude, it was it was a sweep, dude. It was it was like all this you, like, dirt was on the them? ground, and I had this mop, and I was just mopping it up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it was bad. I, I laughed some people for sure. Oh, jeez. It was like a bunch of like influencers. You yeah, know? yeah. So then, and then it comes time for the semifinals, and during the semifinals, this like like a like a plague, like a virus, dude. It's it rolls in, and it gets worse and worse. This input lag, this input delay. Like when I hit TV? right, when I hit right, two seconds later, my cart goes right. Woo. And I'm like, this is how I'm going to lose this match. Like I had it. How did that happen? Uh, like they were hooked because they were like live streaming it, right? So they were hooking mm-hmm. it in through one thing, hooking it in through another, hooking it up to the receiver, to the TV, like back finally so, to my TV up on the stage, like a little tiny thing. And I'm just like racing like that. Despite the input lag, I. Managed to get through the semifinals. Mm-hmm. They're like, I, I, dude, I'm like, you guys got to fix this. This is this is uncalled for. So they're like, all right, look, the finals are in two hours. We're gonna work on this. Guys, go to the green room, have some snacks, chill. We're gonna take care of this. Everyone's gonna start coming here in about thirty minutes. There's a live crowd, mm-hmm. like legit. So I go back into the green room and I'm like, everyone, let's go right now. Everyone's training. Yeah, dude. First place, first place, first place, first place, first place, first place, first place. They were shaking my hand. They said, good game, dude. You got it. You got it, man. Like, mm-hmm. man. And I, I I was feeling good. I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. Come back. They're like, we fixed the input lag. Yes, yes. Fix the input lag. Fantastic. The freaking crowd is all in. There's like 200 people. Everyone's like cheering. And there's like sweeping cameras and everything. And like confetti and crap and Food on this side, skewers and dips and everything over here. <laughs> like, this will be a quick story. All the finest dip and chips over here. And I think they had, uh, what was that, uh, that Worcester sauce? <laughs> so, like, there's no problem, dude. So I go up, and right before, like, I go up on stage, get the remote, and I get the headset. And right before the match starts, this tech comes up, and he's, like, shaking. He's got freaking pit sweats. And he's like, guys, it's back. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Of course it's back. Was it back for everyone? It's back you? for everybody, dude. It's back for everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. I freaking lost. Wait, lost. so so what I'm, what I'm curious about, <laughs> how did you, if you were beating everybody without input lag, and then everyone had input lag, how did you lose? Yeah, like what's, how, I don't how understand. are you at a disadvantage? You think someone was like being like a Mario Kart shark and was like, oh, I'm losing, and they actually so. trained no, in, I, input lag? No, no, I just, like, you can ask Eli. When I start to, like, when I start to slip, dude, it gets bad. <laughs> like, tilt real hard. I tilt super hard. Like, it goes, it goes, I'm like, oh, made a mistake, like, oh, made a mistake, and it's done. Then it's done. And it's like, <laughs> Just Ronda Rousey I lost. style. That's, I lost. That's really rough. Twenty thousand. How did it play out? Well, we. I complained. I was like, No, I mean, like, the last lap. The last lap, dude. Freaking Moo Moo Meadows. I, like, how close were you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> how clo- wait, What place did you get? I don't know. I got. I got. Uh, I got. Se- I got second place. Oh, I got second place. Okay, yeah, that sucks. So yeah, <laughs> first place, twenty thousand dollars. Second place, zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So, um, yeah, I complained and got like fifteen hundred bucks, and then they gave you fifteen hundred bucks for complaining. Second and third place got fifteen hundred bucks. Oh, so it didn't get zero dollars. No, but dude, I could have got twenty k. Like, <laughs> it felt like zero dollars. It felt like zero dollars, but it was actually fifteen. It was like a 
consolation prize. Like yeah. they actually gave me. At they, least you got a consolation gave prize. Gave me fifteen hundred dollars for playing a video that's game. That's pretty. Yeah, that's <laughs> no like one, a no very one, small brand deal. Who else has won twenty thousand dollars playing Mario Kart? I could have been the only guy. I could have been the guy, dude. You could have been. Who won? That's true. Some freaking dude. I don't Maybe know. We should have another tournament and offer twenty thousand dollars and one cent. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. If if anyone can beat me Mario Kart, well, there's probably some people in Japan. I, I'm ready for a challenge. That's, all I'm that's pretty rough, man. That's, I'm, I'm still salty about that situation, but so I would. That's, that's what I would. That's that's you. Is that the guy who beat you? No, that's Johnny Bosworth. Oh, that yeah. is Johnny. That's Bosworth. Johnny. He challenged me to a match. I beat him all four times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had. I was like, look, if you beat me in one of these matches, I will do something really embarrassing. Um, basically, like walk across VidCon and like uh, walk across like the main center of VidCon, going like. Hello! Um, and, and I was like, but if I beat you all four times, you have to do that. Like did he an do unbroken. It? Yeah, he did it. it oh my video. god, that's wow. so rough. How could you do that, to Johnny Bosworth, man? <laughs> he was goofing, dude. We were all goofing. That's, that's Johnny really Bosworth. Boz. Yeah, intense, man. Times. So uh, yeah, that's what I would have told myself. Was, all right. Wow. That wow. Was, yeah. Sorry for the segue, Nico. Uh, I think you have to answer the same question. <laughs> Real quick. That's before. Oh man, I'm just right here in Clint's shadow. What would you tell yourself? What would you tell yourself? You can you don't have to take fifteen minutes and tell a whole story about Disney XD so and about time, two cars, one jet ski, we a, Jimmy Wong. Yeah, man. Uh, so I'm just still riding high on Clint's story about Mario Kart. <laughs> I yeah, my goal is to make my wish list my shopping cart. Sure. <laughs> That's, my goal. That's what you tell yourself. That's my goal to be able to do that. I'm glad you remembered his. Of nicknames. course, I remember that. I was like, why do we? I know we called him something. Well, you called him two cars and jet ski because he won that on the two price cars and jet ski. Because right? yeah, he would, won an extra make car. fun of him because he already had a car. No, he had he had so many cars. He had yeah. to, like he was getting taxed on so many no, cars. He already <laughs> had his own car, and yeah. then he won on prices right. He won a car and a jet ski. So we're like, yo, you're so rich. You have two cars and a jet ski. So we'll be like, dude, this guy's so rich, man. Like, God, and he'd get he'd get really mad about it. Where did he keep that jet ski? Because he lives in like downtown he Los Angeles. He kept it in the Rocket Jump studio. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he had, he had it where all the merch was held. He's so rich, it was yeah. a burden. Yeah. He was burdened by how much he had. Yeah. Like, like, uh, that was the funniest part, dude. Oh, man. So, so good. good. Wow. Those are good times. I know. I guess if I were to go to talk to high school Nico, I'd say, you're on the right path. You're all set. It's like the initial variables that I came up with for like life for myself worked out. Keep on them. It's good. Basically, everything I wanted to do in high school, I've done. Mm-hmm. So I'm good. And I think if high school me saw me now, he'd be like, dude, you got a VR headset? <laughs> What's VR like? What's yeah. having a wife like? Yeah. Yeah. Are you play video games? You got a one You have a wife yeah. that you play video games with? That's insane. Well, sorry, young Nico. She only plays Mario Kart with me. Yeah. But it's better than nothing. <laughs> it's all better right? than nothing. Do you, just, do you destroy her in Mario Kart? No, because then she wouldn't play Mario Kart exactly. with me anymore. <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. I just, oh. I just be mad having to hold myself back. I'd be like, I can't do this. Well, that's something you learn when you get married. This is true. <laughs> that's like marriage lessons. Do you, do you and Kim play Mario Kart together? No. Well, there you have no. it. He's like, I would crush her soul. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Jake? Obliterator. Um, man, uh, I've been thinking about this since you brought it up, um, so I probably have a better answer because I've had more time to think about it. I, I'd tell myself, I'd say, Jake, young man, 
you little shit. Don't <laughs> don't be afraid of don't be afraid of yourself is probably what I'd tell myself because mm. there there was so much like with all this I was doing all this thinking, you know I was really good at track obviously that got me through college and stuff and and that was great that set me up for a lifetime of just establishing a work ethic and like a, you're going back for the Hall of Fame induction I am yeah I'm going back to the I'm going back in September for the Saint Croix Valley Athletic Association Hall of Fame induction Wow that's awesome man. yeah um, it's pretty cool uh, they inducted my brother a few years ago and now they get me so I'm always second when it comes <laughs> to that stuff um, which is no surprise but I'm, I'm honored uh, to do it um, and so I'd say hey keep doing track that's great. It, it it set me up for, and this is what more of what I'm going to say in the acceptance mm. speech, but basically it set me up for a lifetime of not being afraid of just doing the work to get something. Mm. Um, like, because distance running, oh my God, it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I still do it today. I still do it for training. I still do it for health. Um, but what it does is it, 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 it just like hardens in your mind like this ability to be like no i'm just gonna (laughs) gut through you know i'm just like this needs to get done i need to grind it out i need to do it absolutely dude it gave you discipline man right exactly it gives you discipline and without that i'd probably i don't know what i would be um i'd probably be like riding with the mongols or something that's (laughs) that's probably what i would be doing i'm not even kidding um and then and then also i'd tell myself hey don't be afraid of yourself you know, you, you like in high school, there's all these things about, you know, who you hang out with and what you do and how these things are going to define you one day. And it's like, all that's bullshit. Like, just be yourself and learn the things that you find inspirational and, and go after them and, and utilize that work ethic that you're learning from sport to apply to the rest of your life and you'll be fine. And it took me about until college to figure that out, but I'm glad I figured it out then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's so important, man. Mm-hmm. Just hard work, discipline, and and uh, persistence. Well, that's what uh, yeah, that's Long. what um, somebody was on Joe Rogan talking about that the other day, and about um, uh, what's his name, um, Jocko Wolnick or something. He's a he's an he's an ex military guy, and his whole philosophy is discipline equals freedom. The four AM guy? Yeah, he's the four AM guy. Beach. I, yeah. I earned myself yeah. that sunset, <laughs> that sunrise. He's like way too intense about it. But like <laughs> the, the the thing that the point that he was making, the point that Rogan was making was like this is freeing to this guy because he doesn't need to worry about what he's going to be doing at four AM the next day. He just knows he's going to be doing doing his workout or whatever you know whatever his version of that discipline is, mm-hmm. and so. Sometimes I, I, I take on that a little bit too, and I'm like, you know, no, I'm just going to do this because I got to do it. Mm. And then, it's you know. so good, dude. Such like such a good characteristic to have. It's like just discipline, man. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. All right. Well, well D? That was a good. Did, oh. D, did oh. you answer that, D? Oh, oh yeah. Oh. D posed it, but he didn't. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll make it quick because this is already going along. Uh, it's cool. I, if I, I mean, well, first of all, if uh, my 15 year old self could flash forward and see myself getting paid to play video games and airsoft with my friends and getting to film movies and riding motorcycles and living in Los Angeles and going to parties and all this stuff, he'd be like, holy shit, <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, but. I will say that 
a lot of it has to do with if I could go back and talk to myself and say something because like he'd be all stoked but oh man everything looks great you know like that looks super fun and um you know you're doing everything that I love and while that is true I think it's really really important to understand that uh the skills you learn like Nico was saying early on in life um, they will really, really impact what you do in the future. Not be, not just on like how passionate you are about it, but like just the experience and uh, the yeah, w- how much you have done it and how good you are at it will affect your later life tremendously. So, really focusing on something and knowing early on what you want to do is really important, even if that's not where you end up. Having a goal and something to focus on, like I want to do filmmaking, and then you know going for that even if you don't end up there that path will lead you to a way of finding out what you really do want to do what will really make you happy um because i know a lot of people struggle with they're like i don't know what i want to do i don't know what i want to be uh and i think figuring that out early is really key because as you get older it gets a lot harder to do so um finding something you're really passionate about and really working hard at it uh and you know Eventually, if you're smart and you have a little bit of luck on your side, you'll be able to turn that into a career and into a way of making a living. And that, my friends, is the American dream. Yeah. And also, if you are one of those people out there who doesn't know what you want to do, and with each passing day, Dee's advice becomes more and more real in your head and more and more mounting, and you realize (laughs) with each passing day, the more you don't know what you want to do, it detriments you another day into the future. Also, consider this. You may become passionate about what you're currently doing. And there are a mm-hmm. lot of people out there, and myself included. Like, I I have become a lot more passionate for this as the more and more that I've done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I obviously loved it when we first started out, and it was it was great. It was a totally different time. Um, it was a but I th- like y- there's a lot of people out there that are very successful at whatever it is that they do, and they've found over time that they've become passionate about that and sort of learned to love it rather than loved it and then gotten into it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if if you're good at something, you're going to enjoy it. If you're better than 98% of the population at something, you're going to love doing it. It's like when you play a video game. If you're really good at it, yeah, you're going to have a good time. If you suck at it, you're probably not going to have a very good time. <laughs> same thing with your career. Like, if you're crushing it, like, same thing. Like, you're saying, like, you've been doing this for a long time and you found a love for it. It's probably because you've gotten a lot better at it. And you feel better about doing it. You know you're doing a good job. And that is rewarding itself. Yeah. Uh, and that, yeah, that definitely applies to careers. And just, you know, just work hard and be good at what you are. Just if you're going to do something, be the top percentile of the people who do that thing. Yeah. That's about it. That was a good podcast. Yeah, I'm glad we talked yeah. about this instead of the news. World War Three for the day. Yeah, World <laughs> War Three. But next time we might talk about the news again. So don't get any crazy oh. ideas thinking that we're just going to be spewing our hearts to you guys every time we come on this show. Yeah, and I just little shout out to everybody listening to this podcast and watching this on YouTube. You know, on one channel we have a show that gets two million views, and here it is, just us and you, a couple thousand listeners, mm-hmm. viewers. Yep, it's nice. About forty thousand people. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah, across YouTube and the audio only. Yeah. It's nice having, like, a close-knit community that we can talk to. So thank you for listening. 
And we, we do read the comments. Yes, we do. Actually, mm. I really enjoy reading the comments. Like, people looking for somebody to call me out for like a dumb philosophy <laughs> on something. <laughs> You're ready. They're like, hey. <laughs> yeah, but it hasn't happened actually. It's been yeah. really cool. Like, people come back with like great responses and like cool discussion points and great questions. And like, it's just really neat seeing how many other fascinating and interesting people are out there and that they listen to us and contribute back. It makes it a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, thanks everybody. Appreciate it. Till next time. So long. See you guys.